This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. But first of all, I'd like to say Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. It's a special day for all moms. Where would we be without moms, right? See, I heard that. Amen. Where would we be without moms? After service today, I want to make mention again, we want to encourage you to go get your Mother's Day gift, some Bundt cakes. And might I say, uh, I know they were joking about this morning, but every word that Jew said was true. Um, We had 72 that I picked up, and for some reason, when I got them back to the church, there were only 70. I don't know where those two went. We might not ever find them again, but they went missing. So, uh, And uh, I've already been asked. I know there's a couple of men that have been saying, hey, do we have any extras? There will be extras. Let's just make sure the moms get theirs first. So, uh, And as well, we have a picture booth out there. Make sure you get your picture taken uh, with your moms. But happy Mother's Day. I'm so thankful you chose to be with us in worship. I do want to dive into this word today in the book of Matthew chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, would you go ahead and go there today with me? Um, I want to talk about a familiar story in the Bible, one that we know. It's about the mother of James and John. And and I, I believe she can teach us a lot about what it means to be a godly mother. So we're going to be going there today in, in this message that I've called a mom's heart. So I hope that you uh, bear with me as we deliver this, Matthew chapter 20. Would you go ahead and read with me there? Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked of him. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? What a question. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared for. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and says, you know what the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise the authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Can you agree with me today that one of the big words that I think describes mothers is servant? One that's willing to go out of her way to do anything possible to make sure that her home is well taken care of. And here in this scripture, we read about a mother who had that same mindset to do whatever that she could do to make sure that her two boys were taken care of. But before we kind of get into that, you know, mothers, I was going to have a hat rack. My oldest son has a hat rack with tons of hats on it. And I wanted to use that today to kind of describe mothers because how many people out there know that moms wear a bunch of different hats? They wear, and and sometimes they wear a lot of different hats at the same time. They've got those hats stacked right on top of each other doing all these jobs. And some of the things that mothers do is they teach. They can give tough love. They can clean up after the kids and sometimes even after their husband. 
They can garden. They can mow the lawn. They could be nurses and doctors, counselors, coaches. They can plan meals. They can referee the children, right? Heal all hurts with just a single kiss. Mothers with the soft voice saying, I love you. I believe that mothers are the link to God and a child's first impression of what God's love truly is. You know, on, on, there's this um, column that I read by Irma Bombeck, and the story tells of God in the act of creating a mom. She said, on the day God created mothers, he had already worked long overtime. And an angel said to him, Lord, you sure are spending a lot of time here. The Lord turned and said, have you read the specs on this model? She's supposed to be completely washable, have 180 moving parts, to have a kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She's to have a lap that will disappear whenever she's up. She's able to work on black coffee and leftovers. And she's supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pair of hands, said the angel. That's impossible. It's not the six pair of hands that really worry me, said the Lord. It's the, th 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 it's, it's, it's the three pairs of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees through closed doors so that whenever she says, what are you kids doing in there? She already knows what the kids are doing in there. She has another pair in the back of her head, so she sees all the things she's not supposed to see but must see. And then the pair right in the front that can look at a child and that just messed up and communicate love and understanding without even saying a word. That's too much, said the angel. You can't put that much in one model. Why don't you rest a while and resume your creating tomorrow? I can't, said the Lord. I'm close to creating someone very much, very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she's sick, who can feed an entire home with whatever's inside the pantry, and who can persuade a nine-year-old to even take a bath. Then the angel looked at this model of motherhood a little more closely and said, she's too soft. Oh, but she's tough, says the Lord. You'd be surprised at how much this mother can do and how much she can take. Can she think, said the angel? Not only can she think, said the Lord, but she can reason and compromise and even persuade. Then the angel reached over and touched her cheek. This one has a leak in it. See, I told you. That's too much to put in one model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. That's a tear. Well, what's a tear for? Well, it's for joy. It's for sadness. It's for sorrow. It's for pride. You're a genius, said the angel. And the Lord said, oh, but I didn't put the tear there. I just gave her the ability to do it. What a picture of a mom who in a lot of, you know, times expected to do much more than what she can, but somehow she always seems to do it. What a mother. And maybe with this in mind, we can better understand this mother from our passage, the mother of James and John. You see, she was aware of the teachings of, of Christ and about his kingdom. She was also very aware that, of the fact that her sons, James and John, were close to him. As a matter of fact, they were two-thirds of, of Peter, James, and John, so they kept good, close company. 
She knew who her kids were hanging around. She knew that they kept good company. And I, I just have to think that because of the type of mom that she was, if she knew that her two sons were around a bad crowd, she would have done something about it. But because she knew she was with that they were with Jesus and around a good crowd, she, she decided to even go just a step um, um, uh, more. Because how many of you know that moms go the extra mile to make sure their children are taken care of? She was so certain that when the Lord began his kingdom, that they would have a position of power. But in the first part of this same chapter that we just read, Jesus tells something that might have kind of got her mind to thinking. It was a story about a landowner who went out to find laborers early in the morning. They agreed upon a day's wage and began working. Then at noon, he went out and found some more. They began working. Then towards the evening, he went out and found some more, and they began working. Yet when the Lord paid them off at the end of the day, they all received the same wage, no matter how much they did or how many hours they put in. And it must have caused this mother to wonder, will my sons really have positions of power in, the new, in this Lord's new kingdom? So when the opportunity came, she came to the Lord and because a mom isn't going to miss this chance. And Matthew tells us that she bowed before him and made this request of Jesus. When you establish your kingdom, I request seats on your right and your left hand for my children. And we might very well criticize her for these bold words, right? How dare her go to Jesus and request this. How, how dare her do this to Jesus Christ. But since today's Mother's Day. I want us to take a moment and just think about some of the positive things that came of this because we need to recognize that when she came to Jesus, Jesus did not grant her request in the moment, but neither did she deny or neither did he um, deny the request. He simply reminded her of the cost of being seated at the right or the left and then told her it was God who determines that. But some of the things that were going on in her mind, I think the reason why she even thought it to even ask the question is, number one, she had great consecration for her children. She came to the Lord praying that her sons might be a part of his kingdom. I can think of no more important task of motherhood than to seek to ensure that your children are a part of the kingdom of God. There were some mothers that were asked about one of the hardest things about being a mom. And would you believe that many of them said that they said it was raising them in church and then sometimes seeing them drift away from it. And that was one of the hardest things about being a mom. You see, because some, some moms pray because they need to. Some, some pray because motherhood is not easy. I can't even begin to describe how easy or how, or how hard motherhood is. Um, um, there, a man by the name of James Dobson, he tells of a time where he came home to his son Ryan. He was a small baby. It had been a terrible day for his wife. Ryan had been sick, cried all day long, and she was changing diapers, just changed a clean one. And then the phone rang, and Shirley went over to answer the phone before she latched up the diaper. And just then, Ryan had another accident, but this time it was all over his clothes. She cleaned up the mess and put him in a clean, sweet-smelling clothes. And she took him into the living room to give him some food. And as she was burping him, 
He threw up all over himself and on her and even on the couch. It's not happened to anybody, right? And he writes, when I came home, I could smell the aroma of motherhood. (laughs) And surely his wife cried out to him, this wasn't in my contract. But how many of you know that moms tend to have to do that sometimes? There was a dad that remembered very clearly the time that he gave his two-year-old son his first job. Steve, his very first responsibility, and he told Steve, said, Steve, I need to watch your baby sister. He had to step out of the room, and he had been gone only for a few moments when he heard a loud noise, and Susan began crying, and he rushed in to find that Susan had fell from the couch and was stretched out on the floor crying. Meanwhile, Steve sat there looking innocent. Steve, I told you to watch her. I did. I watched her fall, and I watched her cry. (laughs) He did exactly what his dad had told him to do. Can we agree that being a parent sometimes is, is not easy? Being a mother is not easy. But even in those tough moments, mothers have learned to not give up, that when things get tough, they press through, they press on. And sometimes the consecration is needed where we get out down on our knees and our hands and say, Lord, help me in this moment because I can't do this without you. And that's what this mother was doing. She was, she was crying out to Jesus, Lord, I just want to make sure that my sons are a part of the kingdom. Whatever it takes, that's what I'm going to do. We need that same concern for our children. And I hope that in the heart of every mother this morning that there's a burden to go to the throne of God and to pray for your children, to pray that they will be saved. What, what, what did she have? She had a great consecration for her children. Number two, she had great anticipation for her children. Not only did this mother pray that her children would be a part of the kingdom, but she prayed that they would be actively involved. It wasn't enough for them to just get the reward, but she wanted her sons to work for it, to earn that right to be sons of the living God. So she wanted them to be actively in pursuit of ministry. It wasn't just a prayer that they would be saved, but rather it was a prayer that they would have an active hand. Because here's the reality, church. If you want to be an active person in God's kingdom work, then it's not just enough to be saved. Because listen, faith without works is what? Dead. Now, if all you want to do is just go to heaven, then sure, Works doesn't save you. We know that. A relationship with Jesus Christ, when he forgives you of your sin, does. But can I say, I am not content with just being here and getting a reward. I want to know that I earned it. I want to know that I, that I made my keep. I want to know that my life meant something, that it was worth something. So I want to make sure that I am active in his work. That's what this mother did. It wasn't just a prayer that they would be saved. But Lord, would you seat my sons on your right and your left so that they would have an active job in the kingdom here's the thing if you want your kids to be involved then one of the best ways for that to happen is to model the lifestyle for them if you look at Saul who who was Saul he had no giant killers in his army you had Goliath who held them at bay with simply his mouth 
He didn't have to do anything else but rather just throw insults at them and they were afraid. But then you come David who was not in Saul's army. When he came on the scene, what did he do? He utilized his faith in God and killed the giant. And when David became king, he had many giant killers in his army. Why? The point is it takes one to make one. So if you want your children to be active participants then we must show them the way. This is the true test of having your life in Christ when you are personally willing to put your own life on, on the line for the cause of Christ. And your children, get this, this is for moms and dads. Your children are going to be walking, breathing, acting versions of you. If you want them to be right, you've got to live right. If you want them to act right, you have to act right. If you want them in church, you need to be in church. Whatever you want your children to be, you've got to be that for them. The mother of James and John prayed that her children would be active in his kingdom. And we need to walk in those same shoes. Amen? She had consecration. She prayed for her children. She had this anticipation that her children were going to be actively involved in God's kingdom. Number three, she had expectation. You see, Megan and I expect our children to be successful in everything that they do. This mother had big expectations. She didn't just pray that her children would be doorkeepers. She wanted them on the right and left hand of Jesus. You see, because when you're working in the kingdom, there's no higher position than those on the right and left of the king, and that's what she wanted. We may consider her words in the moment to be brash, and you have a right to that. I kind of think it was too. I'm not sure that I would have the, the ability to go to Jesus himself and say, hey, would you do something for me? But she did. Why? Because she loved her children that much. She wanted them to be involved. She expected them to be involved. And she expected them to earn their way through it. You see, sometimes it takes us to be put in the position of being on his right and his left to show the way for our children so that they can see in us what we expect so that now the expectation is that they do the same. It's time to strive for excellence. But in order to get these children to this place of expectation, there's things that I think mothers must do. Dads too, but we'll get to y'all next month. This is mom's day. Mothers need to protect. The internet is full of people who are just ready to strike. Is it okay if we're honest? You better watch what your kids watch. You better listen to what your kids listen to. You better know who they hang out with. You better know where they are. Is it being a, hel a helicopter mom? Is it being overprotective? No. You love them. And you want what's best for them. Moms protect. Moms nurture. A child must know that when they um, fail, it's not complete, that it's not over. They must be nurtured to try again, but then they must need tough love. And I didn't understand what tough love really was until I became a parent. I just always thought in those times when I got in um, a trouble as a kid that my parents were just mean to me. And now that I realize later on in life that... Um, I know I didn't act like the way my kids act. And when I give them tough love, I understand now what it means. Children need tough love. They don't need friends. 
They need mothers. They don't need somebody to just give them whatever they want. Let them do whatever they want. Let them watch whatever they want. Let them act however they like. They don't need that. They need mothers who will example, who will show them the way by showing a life of Christ. They need time because they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And they need an example. You must model the Christ life in conversation. Because if your kids hear you say it, guess what they're going to, to do? If they see you um, dressed like that, guess how they're going to dress? If they see you watch that, guess what? They're going to watch it too. They need the example in your conduct. Do you remember the story back from the beginning when I read about Irma Bombeck? When she said, or when she was telling the story about how God was saying all these things and he was creating a mom. He said, I'm very close to creating something very much like myself. I suppose that's why today is so special. Because we recognize that a mother's love is probably the closest example we have to God's love. It's a love that goes through the valley of the shadow of death to bring life into a being. It's a love that sacrifices itself over and over again and would even dare to lay down her life for its own offspring. As I kind of close up this message today, I was sent a text yesterday from my dad regarding an article that my, um, a, my um, a grandmother, his mom, wrote in a book called Real Women, Real Faith. She's in with her Lord today, but I wanted you to read this excerpt because I really hope that the example from Ann Holder rubs off on as many people as it can because to me, this is the life of a true mother. As I sit at my kitchen table this morning, I reflect over the constant goodness of God in my life. I can hear the sound of a slow rain outside my window, and I'm aware of his presence with me even now. Experiencing his caress and touch has been worth more to me than any amount of money or possession. If it had not been for the grace and mercy of God, I wouldn't be here today. My journey of 83 years has been one of complete surrender and trust in a God who has never let me down. I've lost good friends, my husband, my parents, several siblings, and a son. But I never lost my hope, my faith, or my praise. The joy of the Lord has been my strength. Over the past year, I have um, fallen twice, experienced being in a hospital with a broken arm, broken ribs, and a punctured lung. My daughter faced a life-threatening diagnosis and surgery. My grandchildren had sickness, and one even had destroyed relationship that ended in a, um, a divorce. In the midst of my discouragement, my house was destroyed by inclement weather but during each of these times my hope and my trust was in God I listened to praise and worship music I prayed I read his word he so sweetly spoke to me the words in Psalm where it says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord is the deliverer of them all and John in this world you will have troubles but be of good cheer I have overcome the world 
Today I stand healed in good health. My home is restored and my home continues to heal emotionally. God and his word are true. My blessings are revealed to me daily on this earth and I have treasures waiting on me in heaven. She's seeing those today. This life brings many circumstances and our faith is tried and tested. But if we hold on to him, our joy comes in the morning. God is my healer, my deliverer, my high tower, my lily of the valley, my provider, my prince of peace. He is everything I have needed and everything I will ever need. Though my life's journey has been hard, I don't regret a mile that I've traveled with him. That's motherhood. One that through all the ups and downs, through every valley, through every low, she knew there was a mountaintop right on the other side that if she just worship her way through, just pray her way through, just see God through, then he would at the, at the right time bring the mountain right when she needed it the most. She prayed, she cared, she nurtured. And today I'm honest by saying there are many working for the Lord because of the prayers that she prayed. The example she wrote about the one with sickness, that was me. I'm healed today because of the prayers of many. Because the prayer of a grandmother who decided I'm not giving up. As hard as life may be, I refuse to give in. Can I encourage the moms out there? Don't give up. Don't give in. As a matter of fact, if you have to be brash and bold, go to the king and say, will my son, will my daughter sit at your right and your left? so that they may know the kingdom of God, so that they may be active in pursuit of the kingdom of God, so that I can have expectation that they will be involved in the kingdom of God. And I know if there's anybody out there that, that's like me today, I want that for my children. So I pray that if you felt that if you've walked through the valley alone so many times, that you'll recognize this morning there's a hand reaching out to you saying, I'm here. I'm here. Motherhood is hard. But can I say that everybody in here today is here because of a good mother. And we've been given the responsibility, the task, to be that good mother for the next, and the next, and the next, and the next and the next and the next so this morning I just want to pray for you and I want to pray as well that if you're here and you've never given your heart to Christ maybe you say I want to rededicate my life to Christ that same love of a mother is that love that Jesus has for you and he was willing to do whatever it took because he did die on the cross for you and forgave you of your sin. So as I pray, I want you to know that you are invited to be a son and a daughter of the living God. 
that if you've never accepted Jesus, today is your moment. Today is your time. And if you're a mom today that has said, man, this is hard. God's with you. And he'll keep you. And he will protect you. Just keep pressing on.